Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. We have Van, aka Thrill, Bryant, who is half of the 69 Boys, one of my favorite groups. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I couldn't help but notice the Miami base. You are originally from Jacksonville. Correct, correct. Yes, Jack, I'm from Jacksonville. Fast Cash, the other member of the group, he's from Orlando, but it's a Florida thing. They absolutely. My parents are from Jacksonville, Duval. They went to Reball. Where'd you go to high school? Duval. Okay, <laughs> what you know about that? Okay, tell mom and dad. I said, what up to the Trojans? I'm a Fletcher senator. I went to school on the beach, but Reball and Reigns is the feature game for the home hometown. You know, we all go downtown for the big game. So, shout out to the Trojans. Hey, okay, definitely. I'm definitely going to let them know you said hello. I'm going to show them this. They're going to be so excited. You all, the biggest hit was a platinum-selling record, number eight on the Billboard 100 charts, the Tootsie Roll. So I want to open up with that. I was wondering, Thrill, one, first of all, how did did the name 69 Boys originate? Well, of course, coming from Florida, we are, you know, Luke and the two live crew set it off. We were a little bit behind them, so we wanted to have a group that everybody could get into. So we wanted to have a street suggestive name, a name that kind of suggested what the whole Miami based scene was about at the time, which Uh was sex and rap and roll. And uh, so we just picked a little catchy name. You know, you had 95 South, you had the 55 boys, you had 60. And then we came with 69 boys to kind of get in where we fit in, you know, and kind of have something that was still suggestive, but something that was clean enough to pass, uh, you know, to, 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 to corporate America. Right. And just, I think it was just yesterday, Luke was posting, it's been 30 years since he uh, coined the parental advisory sticker, which, cause I, I, I love you all's music. And actually, even though the, the group name is suggestive, the songs today, and I sound so old, are nastier than, when you listen to your lyrics, it's not even that bad. Correct, oh, correct. Maybe I haven't gone deep enough into my archives, but I said, play the top song mm-hmm. by Boy. It's not, it's cleaner than today's music. Oh yeah, I mean, that was our goal, because you know, we could never go and see Luke and Two Live. So our thing was when we make music, we just want to be able to try to go anywhere. I, honestly, when I sat down to write Tussie Rollin' all of the music from the first album, I told God, I said, Lord, just let my career be successful and I'll just make music that everybody can dance to. You know, fun, clean, young, old. And you know, there was a point after the first album where I got into this depressive state and that's thrilled to play a 69 boys like on 2069. It got a little more suggestive. Uh, which I think all artists do when you're reaching to try to make sure you can still be relevant. 
but it just didn't feel the same. So we had to just be who we were and always just make just good, clean, upbeat, fun music, you know? And you guys have exceeded your goal, I think. I was wondering, if so Tootsie Roll is spelled differently than the candy we know. Was that a legal, was that because of a legal battle or why Why is it to S-E-E versus the candy? Well, the candy we thought was spelled like the candy and we always thought Tootsie, meaning your buns, like rolling your butt, was T-O, we thought it was T-O-O-T-S-E-E. Um, like to spell it, to spell it for your butt. And then we always thought the IE was for the candy. So we just went with Tootsie and roll. Oh, so there's a meaning behind it. Yeah, well, we thought anyway, we was trying to get it right. You know, kids from the hood, we just, hey, man, Tootsie, you spell Tootsie like this, bro. We're going to roll with it like this and make sure, man, because that could be the candy. We don't, you know, we just wanted to be in, in step with, with everything that was going on. Okay. And Thrill. Please answer for me because I still haven't figured it out. I've tried Googling. What really is the difference between the butterfly and the Tootsie Roll? Well, the Tootsie Roll itself is the complete dance. It's not just the wind the legs, it's to the left, to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back slide. You know, sort of like because at the time you had the electric slide with the dee, 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 electric, that record, um, and a couple other things. So we wanted, and then you had the... Uh, it was a couple other dances that actually were instructional dances that told you, you know, how to do them. So we wanted to put the part in that we knew the streets fulfilled and that, you know, everybody could do. And we actually rolled outside in to the out, you know, the butterfly, they used to roll out and then in. We rolled in, out. That was a little bit easier to do. And then we added to the left and to the right, to the front, to the back, slide, dip. Just everyday steps that everybody can do. Eight-year-olds, 80-year-olds, and in between. So the t the butterfly goes out first and you go in first? Well, no. Do you know how you, when you roll your leg part, if you look at the butterfly, it's like a lot of them are rolling their legs from outward to inward. Okay. You know, uh, like this motion. With the twisted roll... You know, we hit the knees in, then out, more so than out, then in, like just pop, pop, pop. Everything that was simpler, you know, it did the other way, even, you know, as a dancer, because I can really dance, but that still just was more difficult to roll it that way, even though some people still do come the same way that you do the butterfly from the in, from the out, then in. We just did it in and out. And then the main parts are the other parts that add on to it that differentiates it from, like, like I said, from the left to the right, front to the back, slide, dip, that differentiates it from the butterfly, which more, which was more so a stand there and wind your legs type move. And uh -huh. the lyric, is it cotton candy sweet as gold? Because that's what I've always thought. But then some of my friends are saying, cotton candy sweet and low which makes no sense to me <laughs> and some people say sweet is go yeah it's all uh, cotton candy sweetie goals you know yeah sweetie s-w-e-e-t-i-e goals g-o-l-d-s which if you've never been to jail when you locked up you know little debbie snipe cakes all the stuff that you're not supposed to have, like your commissary or the, the little extra sweets and the extra little snacks you get, that's called Sweetie Goals. So when we made the record, we was, because a lot of the kids now, their version of street is what's happening in the streets out here now. But when we were coming up, 
the streets was Friday, we go, we hit the trap, we do our work. Then after that, we put on our bicycle shorts, our tank top tee, and go to the club after we finish trapping and get up on the girls doing our thing. So we wanted to shout out the homies to find a way to shout out our homies on lockdown, mm-hmm. even within Tootsie Roll. So we was like Cotton Candy, Sweetie Goals. We knew the homies in lockdown would know what we was talking about. But Sweetie Goals, like what people say, sweet and low, sweet as gold, sweet to go. Sweet and low is a sweetie gold. Like if you locked up, you ain't got no sugar, you ain't got nothing to sweeten your cup with that Kool-Aid in it. Hey, give me that sweet and low. So sweet and low is a sweet and low is a sweetie gold. You know, sweet as gold, you can't go wrong with that. I tell people all the time, it's all of them. That's what it's going to be. Just like with good times, they ain't know what they said in that one part. We're going to make it all of them, and it still works. Thank you so much, because I swore it was sweet as gold, but that actually has some meaning, because you're trying to, like you said, shout out people and make sure everyone feels included in your music. For sure, all the time, all the time. Well, wait a minute, Thrill. Like, you just kind of breezed over this, and I got to do this. You said, so you all went to school and you went to the trap or you went to the trap? Oh, yeah, no, to the trap, to the trap. Like, everybody, all our, all of us come from the streets. Everybody knows 69 Boys' story. Before we were out, everybody was, you know, hustling, doing their things, making things happen in the street. Uh, you know, you do what you're doing and you go to the studio and make your music and try to do what you can to get up out the hood. So you're like a, a serial entrepreneur because unfortunately when black people do it, it's criminal. But in my mind, you got your education. Right. You went to your first hustle. Then you went to the studio. That's another stream of revenue. I'm huge on economic empowerment, particularly in the black community. So regardless of what society wants to deem it as, especially with now, I don't know what you were selling but let's say weed for example it's legal it's just interesting the difference when a, the black community does it versus everyone else gotcha yeah no i appreciate that yeah no and, and that's what it was pretty much because i mean from a young age in jacksonville your parents will tell you especially your pops he'll tell you if you don't have a certain amount of income then you can't pick from this group of girls right here you have to pick from this group of girls so a lot of guys at a young age start hustling you know it was catching in the ninth grade driving jaguars to school in, in my era so we had to start at a at a young age to make sure that you had basic needs to to even be able to compete to get a nice looking girlfriend with with, with some kind of character to it so yeah no i totally appreciate you men now see if they thought the way that you all were thinking where let me try to work hard so let's see you knew that you had to put forth a little extra effort if you wanted a nice young lady on your side like it takes you know you gotta put in some work so what what are your thoughts on there are a lot of basic guys it's very hard to date in miami for example i'm not sure how it is in jacksonville my family's still there but they're married and what are your thoughts in terms of the guys nowadays who kind of feel like they basically want another boyfriend or a husband like they they want the woman to do the same thing that in my mind i thought the man was supposed to do right right yeah yeah no you know i uh that that's one thing about the younger generation that i don't i think help i think my generation, a large part of us in the generation that came behind us 
in seek of trying to and trying to make it better and to have more than we did because I come from the generation where there were a lot of single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of us that didn't have a father grew up trying to be a better father than the father that we did not have. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, you can I know for me, I have seven kids. My first marriage that I got divorced from, I was hit with a choice. You can either be there for these kids, but since the mom has chosen to go and put papers on you to make sure that you pay child support, now the the state only wants to hear one thing. Do you have that money on time? Yes or no. So you can't give the state an explanation, so you have to end up explaining to your kids. So one thing I had made up in my mind early, I'm never going to be the dad that shows up with a bunch of explanations. If I got to choose whether I'm going to take care of you or if I'm going to be able to be to every event, then I'm going to opt to take care of you. But as we grew older and trying to take care of those kids, sometimes we weren't able to teach the younger guys the tough love that we had not having a dad that helped make us better men. So a lot of times it's the guy's fault, but a lot of times it's the girl's fault because the girls started to go for this street image more so than what would be a good guy. And when they chose that street image over the good guys, it told those street dudes that, hey, I ain't got to do nothing. She picking me over this dude who got a job. He got a job. He got a car. He got his own crib. So she still picked me. She must want to take care of me. If she don't want him, he was going to take care of her. So now she getting with him. He, he, she got to take care of him. That's what she wants. So what is his motivation to do anything? You understand what I'm saying? Sort of like in Jacksonville, my motivation was seeing those pretty girls get in that car. And if I had a car and they weren't getting in my car, but they was getting in that kind of car, said to say my motivation taught me, oh, okay, well, if that's what they like and that's what I want, then I need to get what I like. It still boils down to what do I want and what am I willing to do to get it? And for me, my standard is a little bit higher than just a female that want to sit around taking care of a dude. And I feel like that can translate into your professional life too which I'm going to segue I didn't mean to harp on this but I found it interesting when you brought that up cool the music industry has changed so much as you know and particularly since March with COVID-19 I saw that you were supposed to perform with two live crew I think JT Money Debrat at they changed the name from Freaknik to Freak what's it called Freaky Festival yeah yeah Freaknik Festival yeah they pushed that date back with COVID coming up yeah for you to still be relevant, that is a huge feat. It's very difficult. I mean, there's tons of, for example, one-hit wonders nowadays. They put out one song. You don't hear from them ever again, maybe until like VH1, where are they now? But how have you been able to, one, still clearly be highly coveted in 2020, and two, navigate within COVID? Because I feel like all the shows are canceled, right? Oh, man. Yeah, this is definitely one of the toughest times ever for me as an artist. But, you know, at the same time, one thing I can say in life, I've learned to look at the positives of everything and not by choice. But if you're going to live, then why keep looking at negative stuff if that's what makes you sad? So over times, even even in this COVID, I was like, man, we to be a blessed generation to be the generation that was chosen to go through this this means we were made for a time such as this so we what we're fixing to learn from this far exceeds the trouble we go through 
then you got the flip side when them bills keep coming, but the shows ain't coming and so on. So what we've had to do is over time we've learned that the politicking goes nowhere. The internet was only put here to assist in our marketing and promotions, not to take over it. Had we fallen back and allowed the internet to take over everything, then and, and we take away the everyday politicking of going to Greenville, South Carolina, Backhanger, Mississippi, uh, Backwoods, Georgia, and touching people, mm-hmm. letting the fans touch us, kiss babies, and staying relevant that way. We had to switch to other means because, you know, it wasn't still about taking $25,000 and dropping it here and dropping it here for visibility through the, through the different PR firms because without a number one record, it's difficult to do that. But what you do is you replace that monetary support with good old-fashioned elbow grease and get out here and work, and it keeps you young us doing shows every night, dancing for 30 minutes. It helps to keep the blood flowing, help to keep us looking young, but at the same time we're building and strengthening the fan base. Absolutely. And like you said, no matter what, you can have the most powerful PR or internet marketing team, but if you don't have the drive to go out and kiss babies and touch your fans, I don't think that we would be having this conversation today. And I think a lot of people in this generation have become so lazy. The internet is definitely a blessing and it's an avenue that's relatively inexpensive, but you still need to do the grassroots work to achieve the level of success and longevity that a group and artist like yourself has been able to achieve. Yeah, no, we're based out of Tallahassee, but you know we still have a spot in Jacksonville and a spot down in Central Florida. A lot of times it makes it easier for us to travel because sometimes we're working the panhandle alone, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, and every year we don't really fly. We fly if it's like absolutely necessary, but even if we have shows in Cali, typically we drive out because you know just it's just beautiful to see. So, you know, if we're going that way, we're typically based out of tally. If we're going up 95, where we're in North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Virginia, so on and so forth, we're coming from Jacksonville. And then if we're working South Florida, like pretty much we are getting ready to now with this new album, our first studio album in 20 years, The Notorious Base, then we're working South Florida first, and then we're coming up to the rest of Florida and then the rest of the country. So we're based out of Central Florida. Okay, that makes sense logistically. So when are you coming to Miami and what's your favorite part about my amazing hometown? Man, Miami, Miami, but my favorite part to this day is USA Flea Market. I don't even know if USA is open no more. The last time I went down there, it didn't seem to have as many vendors as it typically did. But the USA and then South Beach when it's popping, um, and of course, I like eating at the licking. I haven't been to Sunday yet, so you got to take me there when I come yes, down. But, you know, I mean, flea markets are my favorite spot, honestly. And then, you know, South Beach when it's popping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ain't nothing like that vibe on South Beach where you could just walk down when that breeze is blowing and everything is flowing right. You just can't beat that. You know what I'm saying? You can't beat the inner city life either, but, you know, that's just a little more dangerous than South Beach. But so, you know, you know, it, it's all a vibe. Dallin, what would you say has been your biggest career challenge and how are you able to overcome? The biggest career challenge is acceptance by the people, by your peers, by the fans. And overcoming that is something I just recently learned how to do. 
which is just accepting what it is that I do as a gift from God to make others feel good. When I do that, I can release the pressure of wanting to be accepted, trying to be accepted by every DJ, every fan, every human, every person. Mm -hmm. And it frees me to do the art. You know, I tell artists all the time, let's not call these guys what they do garbage because it's not. Because if I walk into a museum, I see pictures on the wall. Some of them I like, some of them I don't, but it's still all art. And I'm here to enjoy it. And 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 then the new versus the old. I as a painter, I I, I like the Mona Lisa, but I don't want to see the chicks today painted like that. So sometimes there has to be a progression and a respect in it all. And when I learn to accept that and I learn to accept my gift and then to freely give, that's how the junk in the trunk came. That's how a certain another level of positivity came that just frees me to be just who I am and, and help keep me young, help keep the concepts young and help keep, you know, keep me rolling. Accepting and being happy with who you are, not can I think it's impossible. You can't please everybody. There are too many mm-hmm. players, particularly in your industry, mind you, I'm in, in finance. If when you try to please everyone, as cliche as it sounds, that's when you fail. So God gave you a gift. You clearly have, I think, a strong fan base. Tootsie Roll came out in 94. We're here in 2020. That is amazing. So whatever you're doing is working, and the people who don't want to rock with you, that's their loss. Pretty much. And and really, the whatever is working is called trusting God. I would love to be able to to tell the story that I knew how to make it still do what it do. I don't. I just wake up and do my part. And let that that I feel God is telling me to do, and then let Him do His part. Whenever I get out of the way and just do my part, then get out of the way, it all seems to work out fine. I love your analogy about Mona Lisa. You're right. I can respect that art, but would I purchase that and put it in my home? No. Do I think that's a beautiful woman? No. But I'm not gonna knock the artist, and I respect (laughs) the historic aspect. So (laughs) there it is. There it is. Who are some of your favorite current artists and then your top two all-time favorite artists? Oh, man. Well, my current, some of the people favorite currently, I mean, I just love the music that Drake do. That music is just awesome. Like a man that would share every part of him is awesome. You know, it still let you know, hey, I ain't no punk. I respect that. And then all-time favorite, probably Bill Withers and the Isley Brothers. The, the, and, but but my favorite all-time album would still probably be My Life by Mary J. Blige. So, you know, it's, it's a lot going on up in there. <laughs> I love the R&B. I love the Isley Brothers, Bill Withers, Mary J. Blige. I didn't expect you to say that, and I agree. The appeal with Drake is he's clearly super successful, but he's able to... This is terrible. People call him show his light-skinnedness and also know that he's still a man. And unfortunately, there's this notion that particularly Black men can't be emotional. And I think that's a whole other conversation. But he's some, he's been able to like blend those two. True story. I call him the young Lionel Richie all the time because to me, he reminds me of the young. I mean, he's like how Lionel Richie could tap into everybody, young, old, black, white, 
Drake has done the same thing. They both same complexion, both got good hair. One just older, one just younger, but they got that mass appeal. I call him the young Lionel Richie. That's the first I ever heard, but that's an excellent. You, you're good with these announcements. Was your major English or po- poetry? <laughs> that was one of my favorite subjects, but no, but yeah, that, that was one of my favorite subjects. Your mind is good with connecting things that make a lot of sense, but I, that are not obvious. The Tootsie Roll, I think, was super crossover. People still talk about it. Wasn't it on the, um, what's the basketball soundtrack, the Jump Jams? Yeah, Jock Jams. Yep, yep, yep. I was Jock Jams. Right, Jock Jams. People are still talking. I did like a a news Google search a couple days before in anticipation of this. And I was like, to me, that was probably, that has to be your most crossover record. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell people all the time, we've had successful records since then. A lot of people, I was doing an interview one day and the younger generation was like, man, well, the guy, he wasn't that much younger, but he was like, man, 69 boys haven't really had a hit since Tootsie Roll. And I was like, nah, bro, we've got like uh, a total of 15 platinum plaques and eight gold plaques, but Tootsie Roll was just so huge. Anytime your record coming out of the gate is huge like that, it went like and this was before, you know, everything was broadcast because we were independent, meaning by the time a major came along to offer us a deal, we had already sold a million records on our own. So, and it was easier for us then. We could actually ride to Southwest Wholesale or ride to Select Go Hits, pick up our records and then go and drop them off to the company, whether it was Handelman that was representing Walmart or Blockbuster or Circuit City, we will actually have to go and sit and do these meetings ourselves. Nice. So we could get, you know, uh, 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 what, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, we could get good placement and the whole nine. So, But the Tootsie Roll lyrics, now I know that you're Albert, AKA Van, AKA Thrill. Did you, they're very, and this is not no shade, they're very basic, lyrics is it because you know that's what's catchy so that's where i was like help me connect how you have this cerebral deep thinking and then there's nursery rhyme songs like here kitty kitty tootsie roll (laughs) now see i'm gonna put you up on something because that you probably never thought of your your biggest hits are always going to be a b c one two three let's (laughs) let's let's try it you remind me of my Jeep. I, I want to ride it. Oh, sorry. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? It's really simple. Or or let's take Guapoli. Closer okay. to my dreams. The same thing over and over and over again. So when you, whenever you one, let's go to my room of fun too. So the simplest stuff is the stuff that is always catchy and easy to sing. So as a writer, you know, you want to keep it so let's get it on. Dun, dun. Oh, baby, let's get it on. We're going to make it as simple as possible so it becomes a sing-along. You are right. See, at every, not that you're trying to check me, but you winning. Britney zero, thrill four. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It kind of reminds me of like, even when I was in college, the professors would say, if you're writing a piece, if a third grader can't understand or read it, then it, you don't really know the subject matter or when you're explaining something. So that's what's exciting in the works. Tell us about your new song and how the collab came about. 
Junk in the Trunk from the new album. First, the, the, the studio album came about. It was just out here from touring. We did the Funk Fest tour. We did a lot of other tours. And we spent like probably like four months on the West Coast just soaking up vibe, man. We got to hang out with a lot of artists, classic, you know, artists that we were influenced by. And it just put that itch back in us because I, I took a brief stint from making music to play the music and to give back by just being in radio. And once my radio show in, in in Orlando, and then I got a full-time day part in Tallahassee with Clear Channel, which is what brought me to Tallahassee. And then um, it went syndicated throughout the Southeast. But I was able to play other people's record, and that helped to reinvent me as a person because the younger generation that I was bringing up to the station, doing different interviews with, got to know who I was. So when we were out touring, I had already experienced that part. Then we got out touring and, and saw the fan love and that, that it really was an audience out here that still wanted Miami bass and that wanted to party and have a good time. So we initially just start putting songs together and songs together and songs together. And then I started looking at the lineup and I'm like, man, we can't put out our first album in 20 years and not have some of these great people who help make the culture what it is. Because a lot of times, People don't understand. You could be a good artist, but no one can just play 20 of your songs in the club in a row. You need to have some variation in that stew to make it the best it could be. So reached out to Uncle Luke, reached out to JT, who had been both of those groups. We had been touring a lot together and uh, told them the plan, let them hear the record. They liked it. And boom, there you have it. Junk in the trunk. Hey, which is that's you can't get no more classic Miami bass than a song called Junk in the Trunk. I'm trying to tell you, or like them the the, the uh, picture on your IG with the Daisy Dukes. You could just get you a junk in the trunk shirt, then you're ready. I would love. Where where can I get one? I'm so serious. Yeah, we got to we got to hook you up with one. You gonna help us post it and promote it? You helping us with the podcast? We gonna hook you up with one. Thank you, absolutely. You know I'm gonna follow up on this. Oh no, we got you. We got you coming. We need all the pretty girls in the world on the team. We get so please yes definitely we love to have you support there it is hey so this is called my fire round i'm just gonna ask you three or four questions and you spit out the first thing that comes to mind all right all right what's the last thing that you ordered on amazon school days school days don't lie the movie Okay. On Amazon Prime. The Amazon Prime, the, so that's Amazon part of it. But if we're going to go Amazon, then it would be some sweatshirts for the new video that we're getting ready to shoot. Oh, it's going to be out because it's probably delayed because of this COVID unless y'all wearing the mask in the video. I'm trying to tell you now. We just talked to Luke about the uh, big Chevy lot down there where everybody go to shoot the thing so we can have social distancing and all that. But y'all, in South Florida, the cases are so super high, we didn't even want... I mean, it's just been hard to find models and anybody to make it do what they do. So we're going to shoot something a little simpler first, and then we're going to come... Because we got the song MILFs, which is, you know, mom's intelligent, lovable, fun, sexy. MILFs run the world. Uh, we're going to shoot that one first, and then we're going to move to Junk in the Trunk. Wait a minute. The MILF one seems a little more interesting. You didn't promote that on your page. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's, it was actually what happened. We dropped it late December, early January, and we had set up the whole promo tour and everything. Um, and we were going to be touring with some NBA dates to help launch the single, and COVID hit in February. But right. we had already started the launch on the single. So we pretty much just 
and, and never having to launch a single before where there was no touring, no nothing. The COVID was new. So we had to learn our way through with the MILF single. As a matter of fact, Mr. College Park uh, did a remix. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's still growing. That record is still growing because we've only been able to work it via the internet, but we're getting out here with it. It's sort of like a double-sided single, Junk in the Trunk and MILFs. But everybody loves MILFs. Mom's intelligent, lovable, fun, and sexy. Yeah, we had we had to do it that way because when you're doing merchandising, you want something that everybody can wear and everybody can relate to. We know what the streets say it stands for, and that's the play on it. But we always want to be the ones that say, hey, look, man, we're going to try to make it positive, something positive out of it. So let's salute the moms with it because our big core fan base is the ladies. Right. See, that's the thing. I can wear the junk in the trunk. I don't have any kids yet, Lord. Maybe maybe this conversation and when I post it with the junk in the trunk shirt and the shorts will bring so I can finally wear a milk shirt. One day. <laughs> hey, but but you know what? You raising young females in the hood every day because they're looking at your podcast, they're looking at your profiles on your socials, and they are being encouraged. So please understand, just like Trina ain't got no kids, but she don't raise half the hood. Same thing. Raising them every day in a positive way and we're Thank you, Thrill. No one's ever said it like that. That honestly, I'm not even being phony. That really made me feel good on this Thursday. It's been a rough week, but that was definitely the highlight. Thank you for that. Okay. No, I appreciate you definitely. <laughs> we know that cotton candy is sweet as gold. Well, that's what Brittany says. What's your favorite dessert? Carrot cake. Oh, I love carrot cake. I'm a huge baker. Carrot cake takes more work, but carrot cake. Carrot cake. cake. From scratch, though, or where do you like? Like, yeah, where but you but you know what? In carrot uh, cake, most like everything in the public bakery. I try to stay out of there, man. But yeah, carrot cake from there, I'm I'm killing it. Um, but then I like a lot of lemon. I like a lemon cake and cherry pie. Like that's my weakness. Them desserts, yeah. I mean, I could just go on and on. But definitely carrot cake, lemon cake, and and cherry pie, or apple Dutch pies. Murder with that. Yeah, let me just get off of that. <laughs> You're right. That Publix carrot cake does hit pretty good. Because I'm very discerning since I bake. If I go out to a restaurant, you know, I can tell, all right, this is from the box versus this was scratch made. But Publix mix, it's good. What's your favorite? My favorite? Let's see. Um, I love a cream cheese pound cake. I can make that with my eyes closed. Double chocolate toasted pecan cookie. Key lime pie, and I do like German chocolate cake. I love, I like chocolate dessert. Wow. Red velvet too. Down, that's crazy. I've been doing a thing called Dad Camp with my kids. My, um, I've been making them get up over the summer and do learn different stuff because they don't offer home ec in school no more. And we just made a German chocolate cake this morning. Well, we baked the cake. We waiting to put the icing on it now while it's cooling off. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That means it's going to be amazing. So you have the coconut, obviously, and the nuts. I love German chocolate cake. It takes more time than a typical cake, kind of like a carrot cake, but it's going to be amazing. Post a picture. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will. I will. I'll hook it. I might not post it because I've made it. It's square. <laughs> Bring down a piece. Like when you Straight shoot up, style for home plate. When you come down for this video, I know you're afraid with all these cases. I, I'll trade you a piece of your favorite cake for my homemade. It'll be like a taste test. 
That'll work. That'll work. And you got to come be in the video. You got to come represent. You got to represent for your audience and for the whole South Florida. Oh, my God. I was like, is this an official invite? It's official. Official, official. I'm excited. I'm totally. I was going to ask you that, but since you volunteered, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brayden the crew, you gonna have we gonna film the podcast from out there. We're gonna then you'll actually get in the video. We're gonna do the whole it's we're gonna be multitasking all day. And lastly, for people who are living under a rock, how can they find you online? Hey, listen, y'all, follow us right now, 69 Boys fan page on Facebook, or follow me on IG at Thrill the Player is T-H-R-I-L-L-D-A. P-L-A-Y-A, like the player, but Thrill the Player, and uh, I'm, I'm Thrill the Player on Instagram and Twitter, and Fast Cash is Fast Cash 69 Boys with a Z on the end of 69 Boys, but the rest is spelled like it sounds, and he's on Instagram and Snapchat, but you can catch us both on Facebook on the 69 Boys fan page on Facebook. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm so excited to meet you formally when you come down here, hopefully within the next 60 days. 69, it's going to be 69 days. I know it's that's divine intervention. (laughs) (laughs) Yup, yup, yup. You're good at what you do too. I got it. Also, you need to have a podcast where you teach the young girls how to keep a nice crib because you got a lot of nice things going on right there, how to keep it nice and clean because it's hard to catch a nice guy, ladies, when you're bringing them home because men be expecting all around the toilet. We be looking everywhere. Now, hey, y'all need to come look at this podcast and see how to keep your house. Thank you. You're hilarious. A songwriter, a comedian, a poet, (laughs) and obviously a very charismatic entrepreneur. We're going to hook you up. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.